0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Is our best
1: policy it was boring people were sleeping nobody enjoyed it there was no good feeling three two one
2: this is regis philbert what i've been omaha nebraska i to chad
3: what is wrong with you
2: morons incompetent
1: morons these people are morons la dee dee dee
2: <laughs>
3: your nose with a rubber hose Uh. i have chlamydia
4: (laughs)
2: one billion dollars god we sound ridiculous on that i mean there's just there's no denying it afternoon everybody chad hartman adam carter dan cook is back after watching just a well-played chris ball game by the hometown club yesterday Good news today, folks, on the Twins. They will not lose today. And Steve Ink is also here. Let's get right to it. And and today, for the first hour, I'll actually try to read the right keyword. I'll try to mix it up. This hour's national contest is brought to you locally by Coop's. Coop's mustard. This hour's keyword for cash is south. The radio station goes south. Noon to three. You're not going north, Adam. You're going... And you go south. South. South.
3: Well, that's one of three options. Yes, that's true. Well, but that's kind of the opposite. North. If you do a 180-degree turn, you're going south.
2: Text the keyword to 80787. If you, by mistake, send it to the WCCO text number... You lose your cell phone privileges for one month. So be precise. Yep, we zap it. We zap it. We've got the power. Eight zero seven eight seven. You you know you can also do it online. wcco.com slash cash. Here's why you wouldn't play the game, Carter. You don't want money. All right. You're against you're flush. You're against one thousand dollars. That's the only reason for you to not play the game. Know the keyword. You're randomly selected for a phone call, and you know South. You're gonna win a grand. Message and data rates apply. Looks like you had something. Did you, did you have something there? Look like you can add kind of had that look on your forehead that you were about to add something. A furrowed brow. Furrowed brow. A concerning Con- look. A concerning yeah. glance. Yes. Or is it that you just you have to you have to pee right now and you <laughs> want to go to the bathroom? <laughs> that makes two of us, yeah. I believe. I, 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 we're both trying to drink more water yes. lately, and um that's the point though you yeah watch out the bad. yeah um and i just had my prostate checked and it's fine i know everybody wanted to know that nice you're at an age where you have not had that checked yet have you uh not uh just once just oh you did have it once at 40 already wait did you
3: was it something else oh no no like the the heavy duty exam Yeah. oh yeah this goes beyond doc <laughs>
2: Well, no, doctor? no, I don't what sort of heavy duty Moon exam River? are you talking about here? <laughs> I don't I don't know what doctor you have, but yeah, I mean the only one I think of and I had it twice. Oh, the one where you have to like actually
3: cleanse yourself before you drink the liquid. No,
2: then? no, I've not had that one yet. Oh. I've not, I'm I might be looking forward to that one um <laughs> not too far down the line. i The lunch hour for gosh sake. Yeah, Come well, it's it's a part I haven't had it yet. I'm, I've, I've talked to many friends who have, and they really weren't too crazy about it. Uh, what do we got? We got Arma Katayan. Arma Katayan, excellent journalist. He's uh, Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports, CBS News. Uh, we got to get to real sports, by the way, because real sports is in the news with uh, a court case. I'm going to tell you about Adam. Uh, Arma Katayan this time uh, on 60 Minutes, Mothership 60 Minutes. About Duke Lacrosse. It was nine years ago where the allegation was made of uh, sexual assault by multiple members of the, the Duke Lacrosse team. It became a huge story. Remember the attorney, Mike Nifong? I mean, he came out convincing, saying, There's no doubt this took place. What a coincidence, Mr. Nifong was running for office at the time. For people don't know much about the Durham area, they, they, they probably found out then, but there is a, there's a pretty good racial divide in the town that you have more residents who are African-Americans and more students are whites. And a lot of people felt like this was another racially driven story because the, the woman who was accusing the players, she was African-American. The players were white. In the end, the charges were dropped. Mike Nifong was disbarred. But the Duke lacrosse coach was the only Duke employee who was fired. They basically told him at some point, Adam, either, you know, you, know, you, you leave or we're going to fire you, right? And uh, so he lost his job and talks about his remarkable recovery. It was really good, really good work by Armin. John Tevlin is going to join us, 135. We actually had a tape conversation with John, columnist for the Star Tribune. On Valerie Sylvie. Valeria Silva. Valeria Silva. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm now thrown off by when I was worried about your health. Valeria Silva and... It's all the water. I think we got water on the brain. Exactly. Too much water. I think it just tells you if you feel like you need to go to the bathroom and you're distracted. Valeria Silva, who now I think believes uh, she's a college coach where a contract only matters one way. And it, it means she can sign a contract that pays her good money, well over 200000 a year. We call that Adam Carter money. And gets to just as she signed the contract, call the folks in Florida and say, you know what? I'd be a great fit for you. And in the end, she has a very brief press. John will remind you what this called like press availability. It was something odd where. They were like, four or five questions, that's it, they left. Yeah, And she said, I'm here. I'm committed. Yep. I've made my choice. I've picked St. Paul. But you know what we don't know? Did they actually just tell Valeria, we're not picking you? Because that happens all the time in college sports also. Fill in your blank. Fill in the blank. Coach A says, I'm here. I'm staying at Arizona State. Well, it turns out Minnesota didn't want to hire him or her. You know, So Valeria and John Tevlin's thoughts on that. In a little bit. I'm sure we'll get to Barway. And with the uh, the formality of charges at 2 o'clock, you said? That's what we're yes. expecting. Uh, we're trying to get one guest on multiple police matters, including Tulsa, because I'm still fired up about that story. The individual who's in the plane but not in his seat and is doing this. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Knocking. We'll get to that story because I'm not sure that would help Adam much. The chess grandmaster and cheating, switching seats, and another one dementia, nursing homes, and sex. We're going to get to that one later in the show. But Minneapolis and the rogue gallery of dangerous dogs that's next. And right now we'll talk to the folks at TV. Come back with more here on WCCO. Broadcasting live from the Lando Lake Studio and streaming live at wcco.com. This is News Radio eight three zero WCCO. Armakatan on some fallout related to the Duke lacrosse story some nine years ago. This one uh, popped up late last week. It's kind of our speed, don't you think, Adam? You know, you you see it in the paper, and then we try to get to it five, six days later. That's that's pretty apropos. Yeah. Uh, an update. What happened to who won the U.S. Open <laughs> in in 2012? Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to track down who won the 2012 presidential election. We're we're, we're hearing it's leaning Romney right now. We're trying to, to find out the final results. This is a strip story. An update of Minneapolis' interactive database of serious four-legged offenders shows that nearly 40 dogs around the city are officially classified as dangerous. The city has this map of the dogs that have run into trouble by biting people or other animals. It provides the home address and the rap sheet of each dog along with a photo. The dogs on the list reside in a variety of neighborhoods. Minneapolis has long maintained a list of dangerous pets, but in recent recent years has begun to include the information on a map. Dogs are sometimes listed as potentially dangerous before they join the dangerous list. Uh, An administrative analyst with the city's animal care and animal control department said dogs can end up with a lower classification for minor bites or acting dangerous. Aggressively, so what are you supposed to do? Let's say today the two of us finish up. Okay, I finish up my show, and you're taking a half day, garter And we've decided it's a it's a beautiful day. Take a stroll. We want the two of us take a stroll, hand and we're going hand. hand in hand, arm in arm, whatever it might be, and we're going to go around Lake Calum. Right, beautiful place, sure. Lake Calhoun. Then we might go through some of the posh and Tony neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Two of us are thinking about buying a house together, yep. moving our families all in together. Do we bring the map with us? I mean, I, I don't. I don't. What's the point of this? I mean, I know well, we if have, have
3: it on your phone. I mean, I, I would there be some alert? You could uh, sign up for, like, so you're jogging and, and suddenly de- your phone starts to vibrate. Dog alert. There's you're a dog near, near you.
2: You're near the dog? <laughs> I mean, I know the Papa Bear is not here. I know Kyle would, you know, get down face get down on his the- knees and just, I'm with you, brother. Yeah, you, you, Be yourself. I trust you. Two of us would be sprinting it. Well, not a very fast speed. No. So maybe even sprinting's not even appropriate. I'd probably try to push you down. Yeah, my one goal would be beat you. Yeah. and I, I'm picking you right now. I, you're, you're the faster one. I know we have maps on a more serious situation for sex offenders, yep. right? I get that, but I don't, and I, and I think towns uh, haven't been aggressive enough in charging the owners. Okay. You have a dog and you have not kept the dog on a leash, fenced in, uh, you've been warned and you don't do something. You need to face serious punishment. And I mean serious punishment. But if we now have have put these dogs uh, as dangerous dogs, if they're so dangerous, is it time now for the city to say uh, you need to do something about your dog more than just... We're going to classify your dog as dangerous. How am I going to feel all of a sudden I'm, I'm there, the two of us, you're back in the car, I'm still walking, I, I take the wrong turn. Give me a vicious dog name. Cujo. Butch. Butch. Cujo. Steve give me a vicious dog. When you think of this dog name, you think I'm in deep, deep trouble. I think of a dog named Jake. Jake. That's kind of a tough, yeah, it's a real one.
3: No, not to me is the friendly yellow lab who curls up
2: by your feet by the fire. Dan Cook, I, mean, I Cujo. I went old school. This Jake. Movie. Sadly, I do know of somebody that once named their dog
0: Satan. <laughs> so I think if you found out that was the name, yeah, of his that dog, I think that's I think everywhere. that's
2: the winner. Yeah. Right? Killer, <laughs> killer, Satan, killer, killer is coming at me. What am I supposed? to I know you're dangerous. Leave me alone. I, I mean, what's the point? Is, is this just a t- You don't want another mark on your record. <laughs> exactly. You're in trouble. I mean, is this just the city trying to look good? I don't know. I mean, it's
3: problematic in a couple of ways. That, like you point out, okay, at what point, you know, does your dog become too dangerous where, you know, marking it, I mean, what good is that going to do? I, and second of all, I mean, at what point does your dog even make the list? I mean, I'm afraid that... yeah, I mean, what constant... Is it automatically a bite or is it a vicious, aggressive bark?
2: Well, let me go back to the story. Dogs can end up with the lower classification for minor bites or acting aggressively. Owners are required to follow specific rules like keeping a muzzle on the dog and using a three-foot leash. I mean, I guess coming up with the exact policy is the devil's in the details. Satan is in the details. Going, to, going back to Dan's friend's dog, Satan. That's that's a tough name. I, yeah, it's tough to overcome. Yeah. That. I mean, if, if you're the mailman, and by the way, all you mailmen are in my doghouse, okay? They're fine, hardworking. Well, Americans. no, they're not. Come no, on. I'm blaming all of you. I mean, the, the oldest boy wants some Murray's garlic toast. That's what he wanted for his 20 20- So I went and saw Tim Murray. Murray's garlic toast, and then... What was the former producer's name? Janet? Something like whatever her name was. She gave me the shirt that said the uh, Marshawn Lynch line. I'm only here so I won't get fined. I sent the kid that and a couple other things. Paid for the overnight to Purdue. Can't find it. Still hasn't shown up? Has not shown up. I think a roommate got that one. Ten days. No. He's Han Solo.
3: He's. But so maybe somebody else in the building or something saw that, smelled the
2: I bl- yeah, they're good. succulent aroma. Of- what do you have to say about your post office people, Cook?
0: I blame them I, all for that. I'm sure you probably do, but you have no evidence that this is directly their fault. I think Adam's on to something. Yeah, I, I think, think somebody so. pilfered this package, yes. and you're blaming the wrong people.
2: I went there. I paid $31. $31 to get the uh, the the Murray's garlic toast, which is... Oh. It, it, if If you... Offered up your... And we're going to do this one of these days. Even without Dara, we'll do it. Your top 10 definitive Minnesota foods. Murray's Garlic Toast is absolutely in the top 10. Are you... Wait a second. Are you waffling a little bit there on top 10? No, I'm just... Again, I'm trying to judge that for a brow.
3: Quintessential 10 Minnesota foods. I mean, you're... There's a lot of... Man, I'll tell you what. Do they have to be good?
2: Yes. Okay. Well... Don't angster? Don't has it got to be good for sure? I'm just good, saying, like you know, like,
3: walleye at Grand Tavern.
2: He's Ooh, trying to cross
0: well. off like left or yeah
3: something or no, right. no lefts is good. Lutefisk. That's ah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't feed the dangerous dogs. Yeah. Lutefisk. I've had it twice. Oh. First time I
2: liked it. Second time it was oh, oh man, it was bad choice. It's horrendous. I. And I'm Norwegian. Well, you got you got some other demons though too. You know. <laughs> that's the name of my dog, by the way. Demons. Demon, <laughs> demon. That would be pretty good. I just, I don't know what to do with these dogs. Cook, what would you do? What, what would you do with this
0: map? Well, I, I think you hit on it. I think this is the city trying to say, hey, look, we did something, yeah, without actually doing anything. You can't I mean, sue us. The only practical use of this is if you were living in a neighborhood and maybe you didn't know that down the street lived, you know, Satan or something, and yeah. And you have kids, and now all of a sudden you're being a little bit more careful about where you let your kids go.
2: I mean, maybe that, but that's a stretch. Okay, so let's say, Adam, you move, you and Heidi and the girls move, and you find a beautiful place in Minneapolis, and it turns out next door is one of the dangerous dogs. Satan is living right next door to you. What do you do? Well,
3: That's a good question. You just bought
2: this beautiful house.
3: You'd like to know before you bought the house. I mean, certainly that would play a role. I mean, if there's a dangerous dog living in the store, if I've got a four-year-old girl well, yes. outside to play. Right. I mean, because I was I was taking a walk in town the other day, and here's this dog. I think it was a pit bull in this fenced yard on a leash. The dog starts barking because somebody's approaching the front of the house. The dog just leaps over the fence.
2: Really? Oh,
3: and it's still, then it wow. hits the end of the leash. Luckily, it was on
2: a leash, too, but I'm just like... Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's that's a scary situation, right? I and it's a house, right? Yeah. You know, it's not like you said, okay, we'll just move somewhere else. That's not that easy, no. right? And, and that could cause a lot of problems
3: Yeah. obviously people are
2: close to their animals. Yeah, uh, so, someone saying a dog named Sid could be could be pretty good name dangerous. For a dog, yeah, that is a good. Name. Uh, not now. Now he's now he's you know we go back five ten years, then he was uh, more of an unruly sort of feisty dog. 33 past 12. Traffic, weather, and then Arma tan on the 60 Minutes Report, which detailed what has happened with the Duke lacrosse coach. Armin, Lesson 5 on CCO. Radio.com.
0: Radio, radio, radio listening to Chad Hartman weekdays noon to 3 on news radio 830
2: WCCO Number of times on the, on the uh, show we've been fortunate enough to chat with Armakitan excellent journalist covered so many different stories in and outside the sports world and he had a really good story on 60 minutes it was actually an excellent 60 minutes overall on Caroline Kennedy, uh, one segment, and on the hacking situation post-Sony, post-interview. But Armin, look back at the Duke lacrosse story. You think about how large that story was, especially in Durham, in the city, and on campus, and really in the entire country. What took place nine years ago, and then the one individual who on the professional side was hit the hardest, the coach of the team, and Armin is good enough to join us on the Retters Warehouse Newsmaker Hotline. A pleasure, sir. So, on a story like this, what what intrigued you about reaching out to the coach again? It's it's a great opportunity to have, you know, the the the, the landscape within sixty minutes. So it it can be sports. It doesn't have to be sports. Why did you think this was a compelling story?
1: Well, in my mind, Chad, I just it had the all the look and feel of a of a morality tale and you know as you well know we we go from one media firestorm to another and a lot of times the the program or the person or um the entity just gets wiped out yes and i had i had thought about um mike and something crossed my path and i it triggered something in my head and i i reached out to him and it took about three months for Mike to finally agree to sit down and, and, and do the interview. Um, he was, as you could well imagine, uh, speaking of scorched earth, he had been yes. burned badly by what had happened at Duke and did not have and does not have to this day a lot of trust in the media. So I think to, certainly to some degree my reputation over time Played into it, and also sixty minutes that he knew he was going to get a very fair and open shake to um, to tell his story. And for our purposes, it was really it, it worked on so many different levels and it was a multi layered story that not only dealt with the what had happened to the to the kids and the wrong accusations, but the the intersection of of politics and race and mm-hmm. sex yep. and um, you know, all those things, privilege, that all go together and went together and do.
2: Let, let's talk about Mike Nifong. He's the turning when, when this allegation comes up. He is in the midst of an election. As you pointed out in the story, and, and I think some people don't realize this, in, in the city itself, away from campus, there is a large population that is African American. It's, it's very different on campus. It's not to say that you don't have African Americans on campus, but when we're talking about the numbers, the percentages, it's not the same. Here you had a woman who's African American, players are white, Nifong is involved in, in a race. And I mean, Armin, he came out so quickly, so decisively, so authoritatively. There's no doubt that these individuals did it, and I'm going to pursue them. Uh, it, it's really remarkable how quickly yeah. he did this without the evidence to back it up.
1: I think it's despicable, frankly, yeah, you're right. what he did. And he it was his personal agenda. I know from talking to people down there that in that tight election campaign, and you're so right, Chad, that Duke is an island unto itself inside of the Durham community there. Right. And there had been long-simmering racial tensions between the school and the privilege of the students and the the african-american community there in general and nifong uh, repeatedly played to those to those tensions and and played the race card with without even um considering for for a minute um what the other side um the fact that they had all taken dna tests 46 of them and there wasn't a single shred of evidence of any kind of dna um a match whatsoever he just he played to the media um Morning, noon, and night, and at the expense of those of those athletes and those players' lives, and certainly the life uh, and the career at the time of Mike Pressler. And you know, as we said in the piece, Mike was given a a very clear choice by the athletic director at the time. Um, he could he could cut the players loose, the three players that were um, invited and involved, or um, he could resign. And Mike. To his everlasting and ever-loving credit, um, showed the loyalty to those players that the university did not show to Mike.
2: In any way, <clears throat> was Mike, and Mike was remarkably loyal. But at some point, Armin, could we make the point that he was blindly loyal, or or did he do enough himself to try to tuss, trust that the players were telling him? the truth, not what he wanted to hear because he had recruited these kids. He was with them all the time. And in the end, he was right. They, they went through hell and and their lives really never be the same. But was this a coach who was just saying, I know these guys, you were wrong. I'm sticking with them.
1: No, I think it was the exact opposite. Look, these were not choir boys. They had a reputation as hard partiers on campus and they had more than their fair share of incidents. But that does not make a rape case. No. Um, and Mike clearly, when he found out, he went to the captains first, his four captains, and he, he looked them all straight in the eye and said, did this happen? And he said, I could tell right away from their, their reaction and their astonishment that it didn't happen. And when you know the players and you know um, the, the kind of people that you're recruiting, um he stood by them and when you watch him and you understand um he is he is of all the coaches i've been around and i'm i would put him in the category of belichick and saban for his complete unfiltered honesty with his players if you're not playing well you're going to know it if you're not um living up to his expectations you're going to know it. if you're playing um like the kind of champion that he's looking for, you're going to know it. So he understood his players. I think he understands them as well as any coach I've ever been around. And so that's what made it so powerful is he wasn't doing it um, for any other reason than I think what was the uh, the real integrity of the man. And in, in the end, it turned out that he was right. But the hell that he went through yeah. losing his job, his family, um, and people, and reporters, and everybody else living on his front lawn. Um, the, the the words that were said and the signs that were left on his lawn. You just I, that's another thing that we wanted to do, and I wanted to do in this piece. Um, and my producer Coleman Cowan, was remind people what it was like because I think sometimes we forget, and when the next one of these things comes around, exactly maybe. Um, we'll slow down the train a little bit before we run everybody off the road, and um, that's another reason I think you know Jeff Fager, who runs 60 Minutes, just loved this story because it's a big story. It makes a big statement beyond Mike Pressler, and that's that's what I love about the show is, is we have that capacity and capability to do that.
2: And Armin, I I, I hope more people show the perspective that you just offered up but but cynically i think in 2015 it's even worse and oh, now it is worse. and now that we have so many outlets through social media to come up with the hard and fast conclusions you know there the, there can be brilliance about it look look at the video and what took place last week in south carolina and where that story might be with, uh, the police shooting without the video but there are just so many other stories where something happens and people forget if ten days later he or she or they are exonerated because the opinion is so firm and fast and so many people feel like, I've got to have the hot take, I've got to have the definitive view, and we've decided this person is deplorable, he's guilty, and we've got to throw him out there to the public's wolves.
1: I think you're absolutely right. If you if you think about it in terms of bricks and a wall, I mean, you could have, you know, in a wall, you could have a hundred bricks that are standing firm and saying, you know what? We're not going to run this, even though there's enormous pressure on the back of that wall pushing against those bricks. But sooner or later, and more often than not now, it is sooner. It's right away. Yes. Those bricks are popping off because somebody wants to get on television. Somebody wants to have a take. Somebody wants to make a name for themselves. Somebody wants to be as uh, out there as, and as quickly as possible with little or no information to back. Um, their opinion, um, and and it's frightening to me at times. It really is. I grew up in an entirely different age um, of journalism, um, starting with Woodward and Bernstein, and working my way through SI and World News Tonight with Peter Jennings and Ted Koppel, and you know the the kind of care that we would take with these stories. Um, you know, it was it was amazing, and it was it was the right thing to yes. do. Now I look at this thing, and it can go. Ballistic so fast, and the pressure to keep up with that, and the pressure to to be out front of it is um, is scary in a lot of ways, and it's not good for our profession.
2: But two minutes left. Tell people where Mike is at right now, the success he's had, yeah. and if anybody from Duke is ever willing to step up and say we were wrong, we treated him.
5: Well, let
1: me so, let me know, start with a second one first. Yeah. No one, to my knowledge, has ever offered a a, a, a direct personal apology to Mike Pressler for what had happened, which is stunning to me in in many ways. The beauty of the story was the second half of it, that Mike found a home at Bryan University in Smithfield, Rhode Island, thanks to uh, the athletic director there, Bill Smith, and Ron Makeley, who's the president, did something that few did. They, They searched for the truth, and they found a guy, and he has turned a Division II afterthought um, into a legitimate top twenty Division One program that last year knocked off Syracuse, an eleven-time national champion and the number two seed in the tournament, um, in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament, and what was called the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA lacrosse tournament. So he is—he's back on top, so to speak. He's got a great program at Bryant; it's a wonderful school, and he has stayed there, which is a great ending to the piece. His loyalty to Bryant at a time when many other schools now have, have come after him to revive these elite lacrosse programs. <clears throat> like I said, I could never do that because of what happened in the spring of 06, where in the summer of 06, where Bryant stayed with me at a time when or came to me yeah. and believed in me when nobody else did.
2: Great job, job as always, sir. really was an interesting piece to watch, and I, and I thank you for coming on. Uh, My pleasure, Chad. I always like doing the show. Thank you so much. Armin Catan. it is a must-watch. Find it. 60 minutes. It it really is a great and tragic. It's both. It's great to see how he's put his life together and the success he's had. It's tragic to see what happened so quickly and the rush to conclusion so many people had, including his bosses, by the way. 1251, time to search for custom replacement windows. Search Wellington Home Improvements. We have a winner this hour in Keyword for Cash. We'll hear from the winner when we come back. You heard those billionaire soccer team owners wrong. Yeah, they said they were going to use their own money for a stadium, but they didn't say they weren't going to use yours. This is John Williams. We're talking about that today at 3, live from the Land O'League studios on News Radio 830 WCCO. If you doubt us, Margaret from Minnetonka is going to back up the idea that if you pay attention to keyword for cash, good things can happen. Margaret, congratulations. Tell people what's taking place here the last uh, 45 minutes or so.
4: I won, Chad. I'm so excited.
2: Very nice. So, uh, have you played a number of times?
4: Many, many times. And the time you ran it before, many, many times. <laughs>
2: many times, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you, you you pitch in this time. South was the word, correct?
4: That's correct. Everything's going south, you said. <laughs>
2: Everything's going south. <laughs> but no, it did not go south. How quickly did you get the phone call?
4: I would say within 10 minutes. That, that was really surprised me.
2: Nice. Now, do you have any definitive plans for how you're going to spend the money?
4: I absolutely do. This is an answer to prayer. My daughter is coming home. We're flying her home in August for three weeks with my two grandchildren, and we needed some financial help.
2: (laughs) That is fantastic. And Steve Ink tells me that you're going to give half to those of us here on the show. I think that's a really nice gesture.
4: (laughs) Uh, I think he's got that wrong. You have to show that to me on recording.
2: (laughs) Was it three-quarters of the money? I mean, mean, if you want to. I I mean, hey, Margaret. (laughs) Tell everybody, what's your favorite radio station?
4: WCCO.
2: Thank you, Margaret. Congratulations.
4: My my kids will back that up. They tease me all the time. (laughs) Mom, you're always listening to the radio.
2: That's exactly right. You get them to listen also. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You can win next hour also.
0: Are you a fan of 60 Minutes? You can represent the most watched series on television with shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and more at ParamountShop.com. You can take 20% off with code MINUTES20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 60 Minutes products with code MINUTES20 at
4: ParamountShop.com. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music
5: or Wondery app. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon,